Grace and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Allow me to read to you again the words of our first lesson for today from Malachi. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Brothers and sisters, are you ready for what's coming? Are you ready for Christmas? It's a bit of a polarizing question, I think. Because some of you might be thinking, come on, Pastor, December just started. I don't need that kind of pressure, that kind of stress put on me. Don't ask me if I'm ready for Christmas. There's still a lot to do. I think others of you, though, are saying, yes, I am so ready for Christmas. The day that I got ready for Christmas was November 1st, right after Halloween. And the complaint that you heard all over Facebook and all over town was, at least celebrate Thanksgiving first, right? There's a sequence here that you got to pay attention to. But that is all hooked on the fact that we know when Christmas is. But what if you didn't? What if your family and friends were coming to your house and you had no idea when? What if you had no idea when Christmas would come? So you had no idea when the decorations had to be up, when the roast had to be ready, when the gifts had to be bought, I think you might get ready a little bit quicker, sooner rather than later. So are you ready for what's coming? Are you ready for Christmas? Not just the tinsel and the lights and everything, not just the presents that you want, the presents that you're excited to give, not just the menu that you are going to work so hard to serve your guests, but the real meaning of Christmas that we've been looking at here at church. Are you ready for that, what Christmas really means? Because Christmas is about God's justice. And God compares the day that is coming in a couple different ways through Malachi. He says the day that is coming is like a refiner's fire is like a launderer's soap, harsh stuff. Because you know as well as anyone that when you mine gold and silver out of the ground, it's not sale ready yet. 
you got to burn out the impurities. And if you were the gold or the silver, you might not enjoy that process. God says the day that is coming is like launderer's soap. This is ancient Israel we're talking about. They didn't have H-E baby-safe detergent. They didn't wash their clothes every day. When it was laundry time, you got to use the strong stuff. And if you get it on your skin, that's not going to feel nice. Launderer's soap, pretty harsh. That's the day of the Lord that is coming. That's what the Lord is going to be like when he is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready for your court appearance? Because God says, I'm coming, and I'm going to put you on trial. I'm going to put everyone on trial. And he lists all these people, the sorcerers, the adulterers, the perjurers, the people who take advantage of others, the people who do not serve their neighbor. He says, your day is coming, declares the Lord. A day of justice. A day of putting things to right. When you see the statue that symbolizes justice, what, is, what does she look like? It's a woman with a blindfold, usually, holding a scale, one of those old-school scales that have two sides. The idea is that you place one item on one side and you have to balance it out perfectly so that the scale doesn't tip in one direction. Fairness. Justice is fair. An equalizing account. A balancing of the scale. You commit a crime, you should be punished. That's why when sometimes when people go to jail, we talk about it as them paying their debt to society sometimes, right? Because there is a debt and it needs to be paid in order for there to be justice. The Israelites in Malachi's day had accrued a massive debt. They were spiritually bankrupt because the sorcerers, the adulterers, the perjurers, all those evildoers were in Israel doing whatever they wanted. And they didn't think that the day of justice was ever coming. They thought it didn't really matter. They could just keep on keeping on, keep doing wicked stuff because the priests in Israel weren't going to do anything about it. The justice system in Israel was failing. They weren't putting anyone on trial that needed it. But God says, oh, I'm paying attention. I'm going to put you on trial. Ignoring the scale won't get us anywhere. And I think you know that. I think in your heart of hearts, your conscience can remind you of some things that you have done to make the scale pretty heavy on one side. So what do you do about it? If you're like me, you try to come up with a way to try to balance the scale on our own. What good things can I do? How can I help my neighbor? What can I do that other people will notice that will be the righteousness that God requires to balance out the scale so that the day of justice won't go as poorly for me? That's a natural human way to think. The problem is, don't you find that as good as you try to act, as much good as you try to do, it's never quite perfect. Our motivations are off. Our hearts aren't aligned correctly with God's will. So what we end up doing is we're just adding more and more on our bad side of the scale. We're just getting ourselves deeper and deeper into trouble. It's like when you've got mud all over your body and you try to wash yourself, but you look and your hands were muddy in the first place. You're only getting more muddy. 
We can't clean up ourselves. It's like Christmas is coming, and you have no idea when. And you look and you try to get ready, but there's nothing in the fridge at all. You open up the bin for your decorations, and there's nothing in there at all. And you look at your phone, you check your account balance, and you are bankrupt. You have nothing to get any groceries or any gifts. We are in a tough situation because God's justice is coming. But God says, I will send my messenger. You hear your doorbell ring and there's a guy that shows up and he looks terribly familiar. You've seen him before somewhere. And he says, don't worry. Christmas is coming. In fact, it's, it's here right now, but I will help you get ready. And he comes in and he brings his own decorations, decorates your whole house. He's got a roast ready for you. He's got gifts to put under the tree. You're all good to go. You're ready for Christmas to come. And this man, of course, is John the Baptist. I think you thought I was going to say Jesus. But John the Baptist's job, when he shows up on the scene, is to get us ready to meet Jesus. Because when John the Baptist appeared, what did he do? He preached a repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Not always fun to hear that you need to repent. But if you have no idea about the scale, if you have no idea what kind of debt you owe, what kind of trouble you're in when God's trial happens, then it will go even worse for you, right? I recently had to take my son to the ER. He tripped and fell and split his chin open. He needed four stitches. And sure, all of us have seen those movies where the, the guy gets shot or, or cut or something, and he's super tough, and he, he does the stitches himself. Have you seen that? I figured it would be okay if they brought the painkiller, because we don't have anything to prove. My son's not the star of a movie here. So in they came. The nurse came with a shot of lidocaine. But what do you know about the lidocaine shot? It hurts. <laughs> but you would much rather get that shot then have to endure the pain of being fully aware of what's going on during the surgery, right? Coming into a church service like this, hearing that you're a sinner, it hurts. Hearing that you need to repent, I don't want to hear that. I thought I was good. I thought I was pretty satisfied with my level of righteousness, but you got to know about the scale. Ignoring it or pretending it doesn't exist doesn't make it go away. But we get that first lidocaine shot from John the Baptist hearing about our need to repent so that the trial actually goes much better for us. Because we know what we need. We're prepared to see Jesus as the answer to our needs. See, Christmas is all about God's justice. But God's justice, his balancing of the scale, works like this. We have sinned. We deserve death, and we can't do a thing to clean ourselves up. So God sends Jesus to live for us, to die for us, to clean us up. Did you notice in the, in the lesson from Malachi, all the things that are happening, the purifying, the refining, and all that stuff, it's happening to us. We're not doing it ourselves. Remember, we're the muddy ones. 
But Jesus comes in like the much-needed shower with the best soap in the entire world, and we come out smelling like a rose. The trial of God is not the day where we answer for our sins through Jesus Christ. So you look into that manger, you see God's justice, because you see God's mercy. You see what God is doing to free you from the punishment that you deserve. Jesus was born to forgive you, to balance out the scales once again, to make you right with God. And he has done it. So yeah, you're ready to celebrate Christmas because you're ready to celebrate the great gift of the righteousness that is yours alone through Jesus Christ, through faith alone. Your relationship with God, good again. And so now when, when God says in this lesson from Malachi that he will purify the Levites, who are the Levites? They're the religious leaders in Israel's day. The people whose sacrifices were not so good because they weren't doing a good job being the religious leaders. He says, I'm going to make it okay again. I'm going to bring the Levites back up to speed. I'm going to purify everything through Jesus Christ. Well, when Jesus came, we didn't need the Levites anymore because you're the Levites. You're the religious leaders. You're the priests. Jesus says in another place that we have become, through faith in him, a kingdom of priests forever. You are the ones offering sacrifices to God, to God, but your sacrifices do not look like bulls and calves on an altar. They're, they look like this. Taking an hour out of your week to worship God in his house. And what about the other 167 hours of your week? It looks like you, a priest of God, worshiping him with your life. Whether you're awake or asleep, whether you're at work or at home, whether you're working hard or you're just chilling, every hour of every day, you understand, is a gift of God's grace. Why didn't God punish us long ago the first time we ever sinned? He says, because I don't change. That's why you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. That's why we don't get what our sins deserve. And what a great relationship that is. Because God, you know that since God does not change, he's not going to go anywhere. That the scales have been balanced and he's not going to change his mind. He will never change his mind about you. He loves you. He has forgiven you. So you can go and live in that grace. And when you open up the word, when you come here to church, or when you're talking with a friend and something gets said that reminds you that you're a sinner, maybe makes you feel guilty, or somebody confronts you and says, hey, what you did was not God-pleasing, there is no shame in saying, you're right. I am a sinner. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Like John the Baptist, who came to point out people's sins so that they could see how great Christ is. When you're reminded that you can't do it on your own, when you're not righteous on your own, you can't clean yourself up, then you are properly primed to see how much Jesus has done for you. You didn't do a thing. Jesus was born to do everything. Take communion, for example. In a couple minutes, confirmed members of Trinity are going to come forward and receive Christ's true body and true blood. What's going on here? 
This is not righteous people, Christians who have their act, act together. They're already 100% perfect, and that's why they get to enjoy communion. No, communion is for the broken, for the sinful, for the people who don't have their act together, because that's the whole point. Because in communion, we receive Christ's true body and true blood for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith. For the connection to God who does not change to be strengthened again and again through this sacrament. Christianity and this church, we are not a club. And like communion is some kind of premium, premium club member benefit. It is always about, no matter what we're doing, our relationship to the God who does not change. Christmas is about justice. It's about putting things to right. That's why Jesus was born, to put things to right with God in your place. So are you ready for what's coming? Yeah, you are. You are ready to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, there are some details maybe that you want to figure out first, decorations to put up, gifts to buy, but the real meaning of Christmas, you were ready to celebrate the moment you came to faith in Christ. So have fun and enjoy the justice of Christmas. Amen.